Part 7 of The Highest Treason This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Highest Treason by Randall Garrett Part 7 The Reason Let me ask you one thing, Tallis, McMain said. Would you do anything in your power to save Keroth from destruction? Anything, no matter how drastic, if you knew that it would save Keroth in the long run? A foolish question. Of course I would. I would give my life. Your life? A mere nothing. A pittance. Any man could give his life. Would you consent to live forever for Keroth? Tallis shook his head as though he were puzzled. Live forever? That's twice or three times you said something about that. I don't understand you. Would you consent to live forever as a filthy curse on the lips of every Karothai old enough to speak? Would you consent to be a vile, inhuman monster? whose undead spirit would hang over your homeland like an evil miasma for centuries to come, whose very name would touch a flame of hatred in the minds of all who heard it? That's a very melodramatic way of putting it, the Karothai said. But I believe I understand what you mean. Yes, I would consent to that if it would be the only salvation of Karoth. Would you slaughter helpless millions of your own people so that other billions might survive? Would you ruthlessly smash your system of government and your whole way of life if it were the only way to save the people themselves? I'm beginning to see what you're driving at, Tallis said slowly, and if it is what I think it is, I think I would like to kill you very slowly. I know, I know. But you haven't answered my question. Would you do those things to save your people? I would, said Tallis coldly. Don't misunderstand me. I do not loathe you for what you have done to your own people. I hate you for what you have done to mine. That's as it should be, said McMain. His head was clearing up more now. He realized that he had been talking a little wildly at first. Or was he really insane? Had he been insane from the beginning? No. He knew with absolute clarity that every step he had made had been cold, calculating, and ruthless, but utterly and absolutely sane. He suddenly wished that he had shot Tallis without wakening him. If his mind hadn't been in such a state of shock, he would have. There was no need to torture the man like this. Go on, said Tallis, in a voice that had suddenly become devoid of all emotion. Tell it all. Earth was stagnating, McMain said, surprised at the sound of his own voice. He hadn't intended to go on, but he couldn't stop now. You saw how it was. Every standard had become meaningless because no standard was held to be better than any other standard. There was no beauty, because beauty was superior to ugliness, and we couldn't allow superiority or inferiority. 
there was no love because in order to love someone or something you must feel that it is in some way superior to that which is not loved i'm not even sure i know what those terms mean because i'm not sure i ever thought anything was beautiful i'm not sure i ever loved anything i only read about such things in books but i know i felt the emptiness inside me where those things should have been there was no morality either people did not refrain from stealing because it was wrong but simply because it was pointless to steal what would be given to you if you asked for it there was no right or wrong we had a form of social contract that we called marriage but it wasn't the same thing as marriage was in the old days there was no love there used to be a crime called adultery but even the word had gone out of use on the earth i knew instead it was considered anti-social for a woman to refuse to give herself to other men to do so might indicate that she thought herself superior or thought her husband to be superior to other men the same thing applied to men in their relationships with women other than their wives marriage was a social contract that could be made or broken at the whim of the individual it served no purpose because it meant nothing neither party gained anything by the contract that they wouldn't have had without it but a wedding was an excuse for a gala party at which the couple were the center of attention so the contract was entered into lightly for the sake of a gay time for a while then broken again so that the game could be played with someone else the game of musical bedrooms he stopped and looked down at the helpless Kurothai. that doesn't mean much to you does it in your society women are chattel to be owned bought and sold if you see a woman you want you offer a price to her father or brother or husband whoever the owner might be then she's yours until you sell her to another adultery is a very serious crime on Caroth, but only because it's an infringement of property rights there's not much love lost there either is there i wonder if either of us knows what love is tallis i love my people tallis said grimly mcmain was startled for a moment he never thought about it that way you're right tallis he said at last you're right we do know and because I love the human race, in spite of its stagnation and its spirit of total mediocrity, I did what I had to do. You will pardon me, Tallis said, with only the faintest bit of acid in his voice, if I do not understand exactly what it is that you did. Then his voice grew softer. Wait, perhaps I do understand. Yes, of course. You think you understand? McMain looked at him narrowly. Yes. I said that I am not a psychomedic, and my getting angry with you proves it. You fought hard and well for Carol, Sebastian, and in doing so you had to kill many of your own race. It is not easy for a man to do, no matter how much your reason tells you it must be done. And now, in the face of death, remorse has come. I do not completely understand the workings of the Earthman's mind, but I... That's just it. You don't, McMain interrupted. Thanks for trying to find an excuse for me, Tallis, but I'm afraid it isn't so. Listen. I had to find out what Earth was up against. 
I had a pretty good idea already that the Karothai would win, would wipe us out or enslave us to the last man, and after I had seen Karoth I was certain of it. So I sent a message back to Earth telling them what they were up against, because up till then they hadn't known. As soon as they knew, they reacted as they have always done when they are certain that they face danger. They fought. They unleashed the chained-down intelligence of the few extraordinary Earthmen, and they released the fighting spirit of even the ordinary Earthmen. And they won. Tallis shook his head. You sent no message, Sebastian. You were watched. You know that. You could not have sent a message. You saw me send it, McMaine said. So did everyone else in the fleet. Hokotan helped me send it, made all the arrangements at my orders. But because you do not understand the workings of the Earthman's mind, you didn't even recognize it as a message. Tallis, what would your people have done if an invading force, which had already proven that it could whip Karoth easily, did to one of your planets what we did on Euston's world? If the enemy showed us that they could easily beat us and then hang the whole population of a planet for resisting, why, we would be fools to resist, unless, of course, we had a secret weapon in a hidden pocket the way Earth had. No, Tallis, no. That's where you're making your mistake. Earth didn't have that weapon until after the massacre on Euston's world. Let me ask you another thing. Would any Karothai have ordered that massacre? I doubt it, Tallis said slowly. Killing that many potential slaves would be wasteful and expensive. We are fighters, not butchers. We kill only when it is necessary to win. The remainder of the enemy is taken care of as the rightful property of the conqueror. Exactly. Prisoners were part of the loot, and it's foolish to destroy loot. I noticed that in your history books. I noticed too that in such cases the captives recognized the right of the conqueror to enslave them and made no trouble so after earth's forces get to Karoth, i don't think we'll have any trouble with you not if they set us an example like euston's world tallis said and can prove that resistance is futile but i don't understand the message what was the message and how did you send it the massacre on Euston's world was the message, Tallis. I even told the staff when I suggested it. I said that such an act would strike terror into the minds of Earthmen. And it did, Tallis. It did. But that terror was just the goad they needed to make them fight. They had to sit up and take notice. If the Karothai had gone on the way they were going, taking one planet after another as they planned, the Karothai would have won. The people of each planet would think, it can't happen here. And, since they felt that nothing could be superior to anything else, they were complacently certain that they couldn't be beat. Of course, maybe Earth couldn't beat you either, but that was all right. It just proved that there was no such thing as superiority. But Euston's world jarred them badly. It had to. Hell does more than heaven can to wake the fear of God in man. They didn't recognize beauty, but I shoved ugliness down their throats. They didn't know love and friendship, so I gave them hatred and fear. The committing of atrocities has been the mistake of aggressors throughout Earth's history. 
the battle cries of countless wars have called upon the people to remember an atrocity nothing else hits an earthman as hard as a vicious brutal unnecessary murder so i gave them the incentive to fight tallis that was my message tallis was staring at him wide-eyed you are insane no it worked in six months they found something that would enable them to blast the devil Korothai from the skies I don't know what the society of Earth is like now, and I never will. But at least I know that men are allowed to think again, and I know they'll survive. He suddenly realized how much time had passed. Had it been too long? No, there would still be Earth ships prowling the vicinity, waiting for any sign of a Korothai ship that had hidden in the vastness of space by not using its engines. I have some things I must do, Tallis, he said, standing up slowly. Is there anything else you want to know? Tallis frowned a little, as though he were trying to think of something. But then he closed his eyes and relaxed. No, Sebastian, nothing. Nothing. Do whatever it is you have to do. Tallis, McMain said, Tallis didn't open his eyes, and McMain was very glad of that. Tallis, I want you to know that, in all my life, you were the only friend I ever had. The bright green eyes remained closed. That may be so. Yes, Sebastian, I honestly think you believe that. I do, said McMain, and shot him carefully through the head. End of part seven.